You're listening to Red Nation Online. Sunday, October 15th, it's Steve Perry, Andres Adorazny, TFC Talks, Steve Gennaro, and I'm Ian Clark. We're back from BMO Field and not quite feeling like revenge was enacted in a 1-0 victory over the Montreal Impact. It was a bizarre match that could have been a 6-5 result with all the chances missed and likely a more technical match were it not for the crazy wind and rain. We discuss any concerns after the less than convincing performance, players struggling for top form, and look ahead to Atlanta next weekend and what the playoffs could bring. It's all that and more on the next one hour on Eastside Stand Up. Talk too far away. All right. All and, right. I, and I'm and I'm just gonna start this with a quick preface that, starting with Steve and Andre, and then at some point in this podcast, <laughs> Steve Gennaro is gonna show up. All right. So it may be an abrupt change of pace and shift of gears, and they, I'm giving the listener a little heads up. They can handle it. I think they. I think they can. Yeah. I think they can. Roller coaster of emotion. So we might be running through some content that, all of a sudden, abruptly switches to another direction because I think Steve's gonna be at the presser. So he'll have some insights into the, with the players and the coaches and all that those guys were saying after this game, and I think we want to tap him for that. But until he shows up, guys, we're back. <laughs> That's what you said last time for Vimo Field. No, we didn't say it last time. Oh, anyways, we specifically didn't say it last time. <laughs> oh. Which I'm sure confused everybody. Yeah, they got and they were like, "What is this podcast? This can't be Eastside Stand." This can't be Eastside. We don't say we're back from a one nil victory. A one nil victory over the. Hey, now, (laughs) I guess this isn't the revenge you were looking for. I don't think after the last loss to Montreal, but you know, part of me is like, "Fine, we get the win." However, I think there's a lot of sidebars, asterisks, caveats on this result that I think we can discuss. Concerns, maybe I would say concerns because I oh. think like we're starting off with the formation. We this looked like the formation that we want to go into the playoffs with, right? With the changing changes being Javinko in the lineup for the first time in five weeks. Back and Hassler sort of taking the left back position. Right back. Right, right back position. He had a, uh, and I felt like he had a pretty good game. Great game. Yeah, I thought he, he a really good. He game. contributed a lot, the, the both offensively and defensive. So anyway, I, and. Which is, which, which is probably more than I can say for Javinko. I mean, Javinko also had a... I guess uh, the bar is a little bit higher for Javinko. I mean, he certainly didn't suck. You know, he had some flair and different things like that. He just didn't produce, like, the way that we normally see him produce, right? So uh, I'll just leave it like that. I just wanted to sort of touch on the formation because what we've been seeing for the last uh, few weeks has been sort of a, the that, second string, the back of the bench, kind of uh, just getting some more air, uh, game time. Um, you know, and resting a lot of the players. So I think, you know, we had our, we basically had our starting 11 with Hassler sort of being the new one in the mix. Yeah. Is that, was that fair to say? Yeah. Chivinko's not, I mean, I, w- I would have been, I was surprised he played 90 minutes. 
I think he was having such a poor. He was having a, okay. He was having one of a poor game. He just looked. Like I think they were been trying out for to, five weeks. They need to. I mean, you can't. You need. They need some game fitness with him because he's been out for yeah. so long. And I think, you know, get the shit game out of the system before you get into the playoffs. Cross your fingers. Yeah, uh, of but, course. Uh, we'll with see. this buy, right? <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, what have we ever been in first place? But with like, coming into this game with Giovinco, uh coming back after five weeks, like Steve said, and then you have two players who just came off a crushing loss. Yes. And the national team. That's what I'm noting too. Josie Altador and uh, and Bradley. So and they Brad- made they made note that this wouldn't affect their gameplay on Bullshit. the team, right? Which well, is yeah. how could that not? They're yeah. humiliated. Well, yeah, I'm humiliated. But maybe, but maybe they got something else to prove. However, it didn't look like it. Well, Josie <laughs> looked a little sluggish, and he did. He looked like he couldn't get the ball out of his feet. And Bradley sometimes. looked sloppy. And Bradley was yeah, he had some good. T- he, he got stuck in a bit. Only a bit. I mean, oh. he gave. There's like some. I don't know. Some of the passes were a bit too casual for my liking. They didn't that, make it to the yeah. target. First right? half so. was a lot of that casual passing, especially down in the middle of the uh, of the park, and it was just like. So, so I think the one thing I want to mention is that there was another factor in this game, which was the weather. Um, there was a, a pretty strong wind the whole game, well, going from was north gonna, to south. And right? I so it was we were get rained out too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. At one point, because uh, like an hour before the game, I like a, a crazy downpour yeah. hit the city. As I was coming down here, streets were blocked off because there were so many trees that had fallen down. So. There was, I mean, and, and the wind never sort of stopped. I mean, we, we just continued to get it. I mean, you know, we both had to play a half against it, so it was battling that. But, I mean, I, th- I feel like it affected both teams' play. And maybe ours a little bit more because I feel like we've moved to a game where there's a lot more delicate touches. It's just like a little bit more perfect precision passing that goes on that gets thrown off with a factor like the wind that you can't really practice against, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can I say that? Yeah, I think you can. I think that's. <laughs> just I think that makes perfect sense. And I think I kind of wanted to maybe just stay on the the our initial impression as well, Andre. I don't know if you like you kind of weighed in there. And I think the only thing I wanted to say, like on the outset, is because like, I, I feel like I'm a bit of a going to talk out of both sides of my mouth because you know you're like we're con- it is concerning because I think the last couple games, even going back to that Montreal game, we haven't like we haven't quite seen this team be in sync like we saw. You know, maybe six, maybe two months ago, six weeks ago, we're heading a point in the season where I mean, we're going away to Atlanta, and that's going to be a really hard game, I think, for us to pick it up because they're going to be such a tough opponent and such a tough environment. And then we're going to play a playoff round. Then we're going to get a break. So Atlanta's the last league game we're going to play. Yes, in Atlanta, and I mean, I think this I think is the last home game we play. The Sorry. last league game is yeah is ne- is next week against Atlanta. So I think that's sort of like. I see the point of like, yeah, you know what? This was a good game, that to just get away with a win, um, to get back in Montreal, to get, you know, Josie, Michael Bradley, Jovinko, ninety minutes. But I'm, I do have, I do have niggling in the back of my mind, being like, will they, you know, pick it up next week, and will that carry through to that first round where they'll stay, will they build a, you know, a bit of a head of steam? I think that's my my main <coughs> concern coming out of this game, good, or my main thoughts. You know what I mean? Right? I mean, we've never been in this position before. Do you think that we got it out of our system last year, that kind of fire and that attacking feeling? You know, because we were making the playoffs and it didn't seem natural in some way. But they were going and winning games, that big Montreal game. So I think your concern is, is justified. I mean, maybe that we've already Well, broke, now there's expectations. The duck, well, so now there's good. expectations, now right? There's that's ex- the that's thing. The, that's the worst, right? Because now there's expectations of top of the top of the league, can we continue on in the, into the uh, into the into the playoffs and succeed? And we need to hit a final, I think, for any success of the season. I think. 
right? Yeah. yeah. Anything else less would be a failure. Yeah. So, Steve, you kind of... I think the expectations are a little bit bigger. I think we, they're, it's winning, right? It's winning the, whole the final. Thing. Yeah, it's not yeah. just the final. I mean, I feel like uh, we've already been to a final, whether right. we got lucky or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this team has been doing everything they can. to. W- they they want to show that they're the best team in the league, right? I, I You know, I, this is... Across the board. It's all or nothing. It's a quote of sex song. It's all or nothing, yeah. right? Yeah. And I feel like I, I don't think winning is... Losing is is just going to be a repeat of last year. So maybe so today, since we'd already made supporter shield and we already know we have a buy, do you think that they kind of let let the game off a bit for Montreal? That I mean, even if they lose the next two games, what does it matter? What do you mean? Like they didn't they didn't put all everything yeah. into this game? No, yeah. I don't think so at all. I mean, I think I think we 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 hit the notes of like why we <laughs> didn't see the kind of performances we're, we're used to in terms of coming off the break. And said players disappointing result as well as Jovinko coming back in his first and game. And weather. And w- yeah. weather can't be discounted. Weather's a yeah. huge factor. But I also think that this is a cause for concern because we are going we're gonna get another buy. We're gonna get a buy, right? We're gonna I still feel like, won the game today though. I, I feel like that it's I it's gonna be a factor going into the But what's playoffs. it matter how we just to play devil's advocate, how does it matter how we win? That's the champion. Champion. How many teams in the history of no, football? No, yeah, that, my I mean, point my point is going into the playoffs and you get a break. You lose your momentum, right? Okay. We're, play, we're teams that are playing every week. We're at that point where we're going to go into a, our first game cold. And it's, our not, op- it's, our not, it's not uncommon. Be. It's not uncommon for the best teams to get knocked out early, right? right. It's not That's uncommon. Because, I mean, let's, and let's not forget, New York City FC finished above us in the table last year. And how did that go? Now, Literally. I'm not saying that's the same thing. I mean, our, our, for me, our team is vastly superior to the 2016 New York City FC, mm-hmm. both in terms of players, performance, and where we finished in the table but I just think I just like that's a little like side note or like a little like seed I want to plant that it's like ugh, I, I'm I just feel slightly nervous I think of, of where we're sitting I also feel like Montreal I mean it's granted weather and all these other factors seem to be uh, seem to sort of know everybody's talent a little bit like it seemed to be like a something that's Leveled the playing fields in a way that was sort of unexpected in tonight's game, but I feel like table and we're at the top of the table, and and we didn't really do enough to to like that game was so like tight, like right to the end. I mean, we were just like biting our nails to the end. I feel like anything, it was still anybody's game, even like when like at the 90th minute we didn't feel like we could win, and we were nervous about changes being made. Right, we were like, who are they bringing in? Who are they like? Lots of whispering going on. What the fuck is going on? Like this tinkering. To me, there was too much nervousness at the end, and I just feel like I don't know. It feels like a shaky game. But maybe that works into our. That might work to our advantage psychologically because then we're not getting big heads. Yeah. About ourselves, like That's- like the way the the promo do- does. Like there was a promo today with like the most amount of whatever. That was all the most, right? It was like this this superficiality of the best, you know, whatever, right? Which. You know, I'm looking at this going, this is about selling tickets, right? For the playoffs yeah, and for yeah. the next season. Or justifying ticket increases. Regardless, that could play against a team if a team's watching that, right? Because then they could get big heads going into the game thing thinking they're yeah. untouchable. Read their own press clippings. Yeah, which would, you know, be a super huge danger, right? But I feel like maybe this game kind of knocked a chip off their shoulder a bit. Yeah, I mean, maybe you're right. You're like, you know, if they say, no, no, that's, here, let's... Here's another little side thing where it's like, you know, Montreal, a team not in the playoffs, 
you scrape by them at home, and now you're going up against Atlanta next week. Like they will, they will approach that game, probably looking at being like, we better get pull up our socks. Why? Then? And, Cause then we'll get our ass handed to us. So what? We're in. What's the matter? Cause we might play them in the playoffs. Yeah, but that's a whole different. But it's a whole. Do you want to go game. into the playoffs with your ass handed to you? I don't. But what I'm saying is that perhaps. What if he? What if they rest people? What if our eyes on the playoffs? Who cares if we lose against Atlanta next week? What's the difference? So we might play them. That's a chance we have. I just. To feel I just think because this game we didn't play well. You might want to play now in the last game of the season. Right. I mean, it's a bad. Don't you think that's a bad trend to to play <laughs> a bad game against Montreal I, and then go into Atlanta? I, I, and I not agree even with you, but, it's, I, but I'm not going to worry about it. I'm going to worry about... Look, you, we all know how playoffs work in North America. How many teams... If you said it yourself, how many teams go in winning and then losing in the playoffs? Who gives a shit? So we lose against Atlanta. Big deal. So we lose against Montreal. Big deal. We go into the playoffs fresh and fresh and fancy, and we take it. I, I understand the game that, that matters is the, is the playoff game. But I also do feel like momentum and uh, psychology can play sure. into this. And I so I, think, I understand Sparky's points too, and I feel like it is, it's something to be considered. It's something to consider. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you you mentioned something you mentioned there, kind of prompted me saying, you know what, let's let's dig into this game, into these tense moments, and whatnot. And I mean, it really was. Can we break it down by? I, I very much like the first <laughs> half. Yeah, so for the sure. First half yeah. we're playing. Against, the first half we're playing against the wind, but we had a better production rate. I mean, we wound up scoring in that half. We wound up hitting the post in the la- in the final minutes of the game with the uh, final minutes of the half with a penalty Twice. kick. Yeah, <laughs> that's, twice. That's true. We hit a crossbar. Delgado, well, Delgado hit a crossbar yeah. in the beginning, and then a penalty kick, which got taken twice. It hit the first one, hits the post, gets retaken. Talk, we could talk about this game as a battle of the keepers because right. uh, they both they both came up with incredible saves. At least, I mean, Montreal came up with that one save, but I feel like Bono came up with five. So let me ask you this question. Yeah, go did ahead. Did Bono have a great game or did he have a bad game? He had a middle game. I feel like he had a great game, and and uh, despite that he gave, I mean he. So yes, we talked about him fumbling up some balls. There were some things that kind of got overlooked because, you know, he he made, he came up with saves that were when it mattered, and which seemed like impossible saves, like saves where it's like one v one. It's just a guy break, uh, on a breakaway against him, right. and he stopped yeah. them. Right? Like I mean, yeah. that rarely happens, right? Anyway, he but he came up with five of them. However, he did cough up two balls that were kind of speculate, speculative, and I was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, like one where he just kind of scooped it to the, the Montreal player, and I'm just like, Are you, is this charity? What the hell's going on yeah, here, yeah, right? Yeah. Or is this this El Sistema playing out, right? Like, what, you know, is it, what, well, what happened here? I don't know if you have that there, but I have them in my notes. By the 13th minute, we had already caught Bono, terrible pass, and we'd already had three or four turnovers by that point. Yeah. Where it was just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, Again, you're like, are we are we trying to are we trying to make it an even battle? Are we do we want to have do we want to fight back in for another game against Montreal? Is this what the mo is against them? Is we always have to be you know climbing uphill or punching above our weight? Right. It was frustrating because you were you just expected them to come out a little bit sharper, and it, it, they were you know it was sloppy. I felt like they were out of practice. I, I I wrote down it was sloppy. I wrote down it was like too casual in some cases, especially from behind. Yeah, and 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 then yeah, so like marking, passing, all of it was too casual. But then I also thought like. I just like have these guys been practicing like I mean I just I feel like maybe they weren't I mean you can practice but maybe they weren't game fit that's what I was thinking yeah, I was thinking like they're, they're I mean they're great and you can see 
you can see glimpses of greatness coming out of this, but you can also maybe just, them just easing off a little bit too much, right? Like this. Yeah, you talk about, about the mental side of it. Yeah. Remember, they won before the break. They won the Borgia Shield. It's effectively done. Yeah. So that I'm sure that took took some along with a ton of other accolades, yeah. which were paraded <laughs> around for us on the video yeah. screen, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so, and then after all that sloppiness, I mean, Toronto did get it together. I mean, the goal was at the 16th minute. That's what I have it down, somewhere around there. And, I mean, it wasn't, it was pretty, <coughs> I mean, And Montreal I, came do, back two minutes later and yeah, had a great shot. But do I so, say I mean, it wasn't content. We yes. content with but it. I know we, we mentioned, we mentioned about players being out of sync, but I mean, at least we can say, I mean, Josie came in. That was the and best Josie la- looked all night. Latched onto it and, and clinically <laughs> slotted it in. Yeah, yeah I mean, lovely goal. I mean, and from an MLS perspective, yeah. I would say that's not always a sure goal. No. Um, no, but and and I don't know. You sure he, he finished it well, but you know some of the players stopped playing because they felt it was an yeah. offside. Classic. And uh, classic. Pro. Which you know because it what because it went off a Montreal player it wasn't offside, right? But <coughs> it was. I, I mean, the pass wasn't to him. It was a mistake pass. It was like it went. It, it mistakenly went off the back heel of a Montreal defender. That's a poacher's goal, right? Like he's. You know, which they were lacking. It was definitely a poacher's goal, but I feel like it wasn't an earned goal. Like it was a lucky goal. In some, so yes, Josie finished well, but (coughs) he was lucky to get the ball. Yeah. So what are you saying? Don't you think? But you're saying that then we have to have well, passing. I can see what you're saying. We had a shitty game. Look, Delgado. It was Delgado's pass, and he he made a pass, and the defender was turning, and he didn't even mean to touch it, right? And then it, it hit him and went right to Josie, and I was just like. Like of all the dumb luck, right? I mean, sure. Right. Like lots of times, it need, you need luck going That's your way, yeah. right? Well, it's just <laughs> mostly it never worked in our favor. Yeah. But and I it, feel, it, but I feel like it was lucky. Like there was a certain amount of luck to that goal, and that was the that was well, the def, that was the defining. Well, that's how we won this game. How, but that's the defining feature of this but then, game. But right? then, then let's talk about we got the, lucky. But we tell got the, lucky. But here's really, no. But here's, no. But here's the difference because you have it in your notes too. Two minutes later, a ball goes a long ball. Drew Moore misjudges it because the wind yeah, catches yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And then Mancuso gets behind him on one v one, and we make, so it's like there's your tit for tat, <coughs> and we scored and they didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, it's, yeah. you can say the same thing happened to Montreal in a way, almost sure. immediately yeah. after, the and they didn't finish lucky. that chance. Like that game could have been three one Montreal, three two. It could have been anything. Yeah, it's true. Right? Actually, Montreal that's could have won that game. I, I agree. I feel like it was that close. That's so close. You got anything else? What other other big points have we got? That well, obviously, you've got a few more for the first half. I mean, I, I noted that also in the first. You know, getting down to the end of the first half was the Bono save that he knocked over to the to Mancuso again, and then he had to then he had to make the second save. <coughs> You're right, uh, but he, I mean, he had two plays in the first half, right, where it's like he put rebounds onto Montreal players, and that second one, I mean, that was a, at a distance where you would have hoped that Bono would have would have held the ball. And there was times when there was even poor distribution, right? He sent it off to players that were pretty close to being marked. And I just felt like, what kind of pressure is that? Despite whether it's going out to the side or the middle, I mean, give your players a chance, yeah. right? To turn and, he, and then make a decision. Yeah. And he was co- consistently putting up, like, the high ball, right? Where you're just like, it just got hung up and it went to no one. It just yeah. went to Simon on uh, Montreal. Like, it felt like almost every single time. So uh, that was slightly frustrating. Uh, and then, of course, you know, we finish off that first half with... Javinko, a penalty kick. Right? Oh, and I mean, so you say hats off because he the penalty that he earned was a great play. I mean, he took the and he did this a couple of times in the first half, if I if my memory recall, where he just he would get the ball and you could tell it's like there's nothing really happening. He's like, well, I'm just gonna plow straight into these guys and let them foul me. Yeah. But he he had some nice moves in the box and he pretty much forced that PK 
And so he lines up to this guy, the first one, and we're all laughing, saying he's, he's, he's got to go right. He's got to shoot right. Can't shoot left, because he always shoots left. Uh, he slots it low left, hits the woodwork. However, we did see a replay in our section because uh, someone filmed it on their phone. And Hulk, oh, did you? Yes. I mean, Crepo came off his line. I mean, he was definitely a strong four yards That's off his line before, before Jovinko struck the ball. <clears throat> so, I mean, that was the right call. There's no debating it. It was, it was the correct call to make for them to retake it. And, I mean, what the fuck are you going to say on that second one, man? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I would have said, just put it in the net. Like, yeah, put it, like, don't go for that far corner. Just, just rip it. Straight down the middle. Uh, oh well. At least force the keeper to save it and yeah. don't have the woodwork. So, I mean, that was, that was of course, concerning because that would have given us a 2-0. Yeah, a cushion. And, and a cushion. even at that point, you could tell this was a game where yeah, we, needed, we needed extra goals, right? Yeah, but, like, it feels like... Is there anything we can do at this point to score, right? Like, in some ways, it's defeating going into the second half. And in other ways, it's like we got to fucking... It keeps us in the game. Well, I'm glad that happened at the end of the first half because if that happened in, the, like, the middle of the first half, if we, we were already a little demoralized. If we if we would have scored, though, we might have, like, taken our head out of the game. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so, maybe. I don't know. It, it's like a... Sure. It could have been gone either way in that way, right? right? I mean, we're arguing both sides of the coin here, but I feel like... Maybe it was the better thing to happen. Mm-hmm. Maybe. It didn't clinch the game for us, and we got lucky that uh, Montreal didn't come back. So we should talk about the second half, because yep. the second half, we get the wind. Like, so we're playing with the wind this time, right? Yeah. And I feel like, okay, this is going to be an easier half. But it didn't feel like it. No. <laughs> Not at all. It like, felt like the same, picked up from the how, same. F- how close was in the second half where we had the double post from Bono? Bono had that play where they hit, they hit, <laughs> they hit two posts. And once again, Mancusi's there for the rebound. 49th minute. Yeah. 49th minute. Is it that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of like a holy fuck, let's get this back together, right? Yeah. Because that should have been in. No. And he stripped that ball from... Mancusi uh, again. Uh, yeah. That guy should have had three goals. And the first strike that went on the, the east side... I'm going to blame Woodward. it on his cast, man. Yeah. I mean, really, Josie Altador got the man of the match. The fucking north end that woodwork is, should get the man crazy. of the match. That is crazy. Though. Yeah. Altador getting down of the match. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. They should have given it to the North End Woodwork. They should have just... Right? Yeah. Clearly. Um, Vinga. But, I mean, I mean, that goal, Bono was flat-footed. He had no... He wasn't... He didn't make a move on it. And <laughs> went on the other one. He spins himself around, tries to fall on it, and Mancusi just, like, hits it into him. Yeah. No, he got a, he got a bit of a chip on it. <laughs> uh, Bono, like, just got on top of it. So he was pretty lucky that that, that one didn't twice. go. Amazing how we didn't lose this game. Amazing, yes. That, or end up with a They draw. had better, of all the chances, they had the better ones. The ones that on a good day would have gone in. Yeah. Whereas we were kind of flipping and flopping. We always had trouble with the wind, I felt. Montreal didn't seem to have that much trouble with the wind. They're keeping it low. Yeah, that's, that's what happens little, when you keep it low, right? right? I mean, right. we were playing the air, so yeah, that's for, a problem. For whatever right? reason. You know, maybe we think that we've dispensed with the long ball game. And today, some of that, like, maybe there was too many passes at some point, so. right? Because at, at one point, Javinko's in the six-yard box, and he still tries to make a pass. And I'm just like, fuck, man. Yeah. You're in the six-yard box. Just you just, just, your eight, players are pretty big. That defensive line. Are, they're rough, too. Guys. Right? They're rough. Yeah, and they're rough. They, so. play, they play us physical. Like, they play us pretty physical. I'm trying to think of anything, any other things that popped up in that it's expected I mean uh, the second half was mostly uh, cards there's a lot of cards yeah. handing out and I think there's a lot of uh, um, that's when all the substitutions got made right so yeah. there's so many transitions going on with different play I mean we saw Osario coming in in the back but then moving to midfield we saw 
uh, Betashore coming in, he had a, a good, whatever, 15 minutes of a game, right? Yeah. He, he was pretty solid for when he came in. I feel like he was fighting for his line, his position in the yeah. lineup going into the playoffs. Yeah. Well, we switched, we kind of switched formations too, right? When right. Zavaleta we went out, Osorio back, came right? in and they <laughs> kind of set up this that flat four, so the wing back position uh, action, yeah, wasn't happening. Yeah. And interesting thing was remember we saw right towards the end you we saw Edwards ready to get something and he changed his mind and Sheru comes in Sheru comes in who we're going to need for you know extra time headers to win the game for us right. so he needs to get back in game game shape and it wasn't long before Sheru got a yellow yeah no kidding that was eh? crazy a guy who's not but he's not really like a he's not physical no he's, he's not a, like and he's, he's not like a he's not a cheater no yeah, but that doesn't have to be a cheater to get yellows it's true, but you know it helps. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not that player, right? Yeah. That's 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 my point. Like I don't really see him as that player. Which he's, I mean, he's not said. fast, and he's not like yeah. he doesn't. But he's, he's known for his precision passing. That's yeah, what that's what for, it is. Right? Not it's for his service. grittiness. Yeah, true. It has nothing to do with his physicality. Mm -hmm. Anyway, yeah, yeah it just uh, not today though. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> they, yeah, and Morrow then lost his wing back position. He became a defender again. Mm -hmm. and, well, it looked yeah. like he just wanted to win the game. Yeah, I but they should like have it. taken Juvenko off then. What's he on for? Because you, well, you need, because you need him to get ninety minutes, man. You gotta get, you got, he's well, gotta I get. I don't think he needed ninety minutes. He's still got Atlanta to play next week. He's, you know, give him like be easy on him. I was curious it's why they cold. didn't. I was curious why they didn't bring Ricketts in. That's true. Maybe they're saving him because for, I feel like if they were trying to, if they were actually trying to score, they they probably right. could have they could have benefited from it's like a tired right. back line yeah. with a guy with pace, right? Yeah. And I'm, I was trying to think of the pairing that it might have been because it looked like maybe Josie should have come out and Ricketts came in. But I feel like Ricketts and, and Altidore work well together. And I don't know if that's the same for Giovinco. I know that Giovinco can give great service as well, right? So, and that might have been, it could have been good. I just feel like that could have been good. Yeah. But I, does anyone disagree though in the second half? Like, I don't really recall Josie playing that great no I, like no, he got a lot I, of balls one one v one and he yeah. just he i really just, don't know how he got man of the match yeah, i mean no that's I. to he me hit, like he had uh, dribbling like i just look awkward to me that's like a smoke and mirrors yeah. right um nah, he's a face it's easy he scored the goal yeah get the match. <laughs> yeah i think i do probably would have said geez that's i mean who do, you, who do you think is is it bono I would have given it to Bono. Like, I yeah. think he recovered. Like, yeah. here's the thing. He did play, like, he did have some shit, shit plays, but I would maybe give him credit for recovering on a lot of that True. stuff, right? I, I feel like his his plays were the ones that uh, would have been, if had he not succeeded, like, had some of those not gone, had he not made some of those saves, we would have lost the game. Yeah. I mean, it would. It's Bono was the only, was the thing that kept us in that game. Mm -hmm. I feel like. And he, he should have been. He should have been. Ironically, got us in the mess. The and beginning. they never give man of the match to a defensive player. So no, they don't. I feel, well, I feel we like talked about last time. I thought Mavinga should have got it last. Yeah, time. yeah, he, he played a great game last time. But didn't did Moro didn't get it? He scored a hat trick. He must have. He did get it. Oh, okay. But he was playing as a wing back. He played. He was playing like a forward. Okay, okay. That game, he was pretty much a like a left winger. Hey, Mavinga had a great game. He did have a good game. Another great game. That guy just. Talk about the sliding tackle, eh? Oh, buddy. Yeah. Great stuff. Probably one of the it. probably one of the a best shining light in yeah. our back line. Yeah. You know, not that yeah. it's awful, but you know, we've always been up but, and down. But Moore had some sloppiness to him, which yeah. normally he doesn't. And Zavaleta wasn't that great tonight. Mavingo was the only one who was like pretty solid. Yeah. I agree with you. Like from beginning to end. It must yeah. be Sacco. He may have had one. I think he had one one of those poor turnovers in the first half, but that might have been it. Yeah. That stuck out stood out to me. And I know we've touched on it a bit, but I think do we want to talk about Jovinko again? I mean, at the end of the game, do we? Do we? Do we is, it, is, it, is the conclusion of Jovinko was that was a bad game? Yeah, 
Do you think it was because his uh, his son was caught on TV picking his nose at the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, why are you picking your nose? Yeah. Oh, why? I feel like he was humiliated. Humiliated. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he's gonna after this game. Yeah, that might yeah. have been it. He's never. That I think I'm reaching for straws here. Yeah, yes. very he, much so. His son is will never be at yeah, a pregame walkout again. <laughs> he's gonna rent a kid. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Bradley, can we talk about Bradley for sure? Sure, if you want. I think Bradley, Bradley, Bradley was mixed. fiery. I would say mixed. Yeah, mixed. That first half, he was I, like he couldn't. He Did anyone up. see what? What set him off? I don't. I don't know. What set him off? I actually. I missed it. Losing, losing, and not getting in the World Cup. Yeah. But everybody. But off. everybody in our section was like, "That was. Why did you do that?" Like everyone was like, not on his side for that. Like I feel like. And then you became a target. Remember so I, I said the. I can't remember. So I, feel guy, like, I feel like it was just his hot head, right? And yeah. maybe that got the best of him, and he lost his cool. And you know, that's. You know, you get a card, and all of a sudden you're in trouble, right? Yeah. So you got to smarten up, and mm-hmm. you got to play mm-hmm. safer, right? Mm-hmm. And. You know, he wasn't having a great game to begin with, so whatever. Yeah. It was not good. Right. I also I wanna I wanna say some other things. Uh, something that you noted is uh, this is the sights and sounds. Miscues on the chanting. Like uh, like so annoying. pick a better time to do the Icelandic clap. Because yeah. like it was working in Montreal's favor. Montreal yeah. was pressing. Oh there and, he comes. <laughs> and maybe that wasn't the best time to do that. We did, it happens all the time. Where yeah. you're like, Oh, we don't have the ball in our favor. Hey Steve. So the miscues on the chanting. And then uh, the other thing we noticed is that the uh, Supporter Shield award giving at the beginning, which went to various members of the different supporter sections, and they all took their turn holding it up. And, you know, I just feel like whenever we start celebrating before a Montreal game, it's always premature, and it always works against us. <laughs> always. <laughs> and that was last game. Why? Where, where was the fucking shield last game? Right? Like, yeah, why, because they is it like a dollar short, a day late, like dollar well, short? Why would they what forget? The fuck? Like, they knew we were gonna. It kind of looked like a loony too. Just, it's a plate. Just ship it. Have it. It's there. Yeah. Well, they gotta ship the. They gotta bring the <coughs> previous season's supporter to deliver it. Did that happen? Yeah, I what think that was that girl, that girl from FC Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, the girl, the, the girl that handed it over was from FC Dallas. Oh, now, so maybe they don't want to nice they don't want to pay for flying someone from right. Dallas and then we didn't win it and, and it, then yeah, they got to do it again. And, put Keep, her up. and maybe she doesn't want to be flown around with this thing week after week after week. Yeah, she she puts in a backpack. Yeah, she cares around. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, st- st- okay. So this is the perfect the supporter shield. It looked like a charger plate. Yeah, I don't know. Was is it Pontiac? Is it is it sponsored it's by Pontiac? Sponsored. Isn't is it? it empty usually? It must be. Yeah. So I wanted slightly just slightly shift. Well, I just want to I want to mention one more thing because <laughs> I got a split. Okay. Okay. He's tagging in. I'm tagging out. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. I just want to mention. Steve that, comes uh, in. Steve goes out. <laughs> all right. Yeah. The equilibrium stays in balance. So yeah, the first opening of for the November fifth home game. Those have already gone. Those have already gone on. Oh, I didn't realize. Yeah. If you're a season seat holder, you're, you already have your seats, or you should already have your seats. Oh, good news. Uh, good ex- news. <laughs> extra extra tickets for season <laughs> it's seat good holders. Good thing you showed up. Uh, or uh, I'm glad you're. Yeah. Or for the people Thanks who are part of the, the, the Red or Die fan club, they had a like a pre-sale that went on Wednesday at 11 a.m. That's already happened, and then I think the general public sale was uh, Friday morning as well. So I think the tickets for November fifth, I, I imagine, are already sold out. Uh, for the for the first playoff game for the so maybe we don't have tickets for the November fifth because I didn't can you can you please take a look <laughs> well if you have season seats already and you've already uh, put down your deposit for next season I did yeah then you are, then you should also already have your tickets for all the playoff games for the for everything except the MLS Cup okay let's hope phew <laughs> otherwise you won't be, this will be my last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Steve, you tagging out? I am. All right. Enjoy. Good luck on the radio show. Yeah, thanks. Andre, what are you saying? I got, I'm going to go with him. Okay. Because you got to drive. Yeah. All right, that's cool. Yeah, well, they were walking around, you know, t- t- uh, showing the, the, the shield around the stadium to all, all the different supporters and stuff. And while they were doing that, it just took a little longer for the press conference to start and then for the players yeah. to be made available afterwards. In the I walked room. out because I saw it last game. <laughs> I didn't need to see it again. Yeah. That was weird, right? <laughs> it was They kind of did it last, they sort of did it last week, yeah. or last game. But then they didn't have the shield, so like, wow, well, I guess we gotta do it now. And, and actually, even uh, even Greg said that in the press conference, you know, that the players themselves they kind of celebrated uh, when, when it was uh, already, and then this was more for the just for the supporters. So they were happy for the supporters and to be there to celebrate it with 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 the fans here at the stadium. But the players themselves have already had their moment of celebrating the supporter shield, and now they're they're focused on on going forward. You know, trying to get as many points as possible before the season's Listen over. Listen to that spin, and then uh, and then moving and <laughs> but then the moving supporters right. Supporters were there yeah. last week too. The, what they weren't for us. If the players if the players had their way and i think if the management had their way as well they it would have been presented at the last home match when it was won uh, but it's, it's outside of their hands like you know it's yeah it's, sure it's and also it's one at home so what could they have done yeah but i think that i think you're right i think the statement you made before was was 100 accurate that everything was lined up for them to win it that day the, the nicer thing would have been to have the shield on hand in case they won. like you know if it's game six of the stanley cup and you have a chance to win the stanley cup the cup's yeah. in the building already like of course it, the, 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 <laughs> yeah. shield, the shield should have been in the building to be presented and it, it was a little bit anticlimactic i think in, in many ways but it feels like amateur hour but it, it, it was nice to see that all of Montreal had to stand there and watch the whole thing happen. I think that, that kind of <laughs> oh, made it worthwhile, they? right? Yeah, because oh. all the players were out, and, and uh, not, both the starters and the subs, and they were all standing there, and uh, they had to watch it be presented. So that was kind of. Did okay. you guys notice a melee at the beginning, at the end of the first half? Oh yeah, yeah. After, the after the penalties, right, after the that guys off the bench. Yeah. What happened? What happened? And how there? he didn't get a card? It's number six for Montreal. Camera. Camara. Yeah. Camara. Camara. Yeah, it's not pi- Runs on the pitch. They have to hold him back. It was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, I was sitting in the press box next to the PRO oh, so uh, guy, and so and even even he seemed a little bit unsure of what was going on. And, and again, afterwards, asking Greg about what was happening, Greg was a little bit uh, unsure as to what a lot of the calls that were made. I think uh, everyone <laughs> felt kidding. everyone felt that it could have been called very differently than it was, and the game was. Uh, very loosely called and so a lot of calls that didn't happen maybe should have even you know Greg even said in the press conference that he thought uh, before the Josie goal coming down in the other direction that Mavinga committed a foul then uh, Greg even thought it was a foul that, that was committed uh, by Toronto FC and huh. no, no, no call was made and then the ball goes down the other uh, to the other end and TFC score just like that so uh, I mean the game was like that there were several plays there was a play where Morrow was t- pulled down in the corner yeah, yeah. like full yeah. out like pulled down no call nah, nothing uh, yeah. J- Javinko was, was yapping a lot he was really Happy, and you saw Bradley get a card because he was he Yelling. was un, he was unhappy with with, with Uncle's uh, refereeing performance. So I mean, it was just it was it, it was a it was a real sort of old school MLS refereeing type of match, right? <laughs> We're just like no one no one knew like we used to get the shittiest refs, right? <laughs> yeah. No one knew like what the calls were going to be or how it was going to be officiated, and so you just kind of play with uh, I guess within that. I think the good news for everybody involved is that no one got hurt or injured. Yeah. Like the, every time it started to because get, when it gets loose like that, it, all of a sudden people take it into their own yeah. hands to referee the game. Right? Yeah, and it's I, just take, gets taken out and like challenges like crazy crazy challenges and we, right? we saw it tw- i think it was towards the end of the first half we saw that where there was a there was a montreal player escapes me at the moment right, exactly who it was took out javinko by the legs yeah it, oh yeah and a couple minutes earlier had a call that he thought should have been called against him that wasn't called and yeah. was, the play moved down i don't know if you could see or not but he had arms in the air and he was yelling he was like swear you could hear him in the press box from that far up you could hear the swear words that were being yelled and then two seconds later the ball comes back to his end and he just slides right at the player makes no attempt for the ball whatsoever yeah, yeah. and then no you know no cards nothing so it was really a strange game like that it, 
really loose. I don't think you'll see that type of loose play come come the playoffs. And I just think that, uh, again, just to get out unscathed, no injuries is the most yeah. important thing. Yeah. Everyone's healthy right now. Yeah, e- everyone came out of the game healthy. Good. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. 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 Well, let's talk about the match or the players or the season or whatever you want. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, okay. So you know what? Because I'll maybe like I'll loop you in on some of the, to maybe have some continuity in this in this podcast and some of the things that you know we were bouncing around off the top in terms of our, our impression of this game. You know, Andre was kind of a, of the mind. Where he was like, you know, he's kind of like ah, these games don't matter because like the way the playoff works, it's so like one off. Like I'm of the mind that you want to build some sort of momentum coming into it. He kind of was like ah. Whatever. And whatever happens in Atlanta, whatever. Like, I'm just, once we just got to make sure we're ready for the playoffs. Like, so get the minutes in, make sure everyone's getting whatever. If, if we lost this game, if we lose against Atlanta, uh, I disagreed. And then I, I kind of wanted to, you know, get your my opinion on it too. And then you kind of touched on it, but like, you know, what you saw after the game with the players and, and Greg and stuff and what they felt about this kind of result. Because we, we, we also thought, it kind of felt like a game that could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, the first thing Greg said in the press conference was that that, yeah, that was the strangest one nothing game he's ever seen. Really could have ended 6-5. Like, I mean, there was a lot of chances, you know, balls bouncing off posts, multiple posts. You know, Javinko hits two posts and back-to-back pens. Uh, Montreal, play, a player, I can't remember who it was, again, hits like two posts and, you know, Bono makes three or four point-blank saves. It just, you know, Toronto FC gave up 18 shots in that game. 18. Oh, for real? Yeah, That's eight, what it was? Yeah, eight, they, they conceded 18 shots. Now, 10 of them were from outside the box, but still 18 shots. That's the most I think we've given up all season as, as a club and really a very unorthodox game. Now, Toronto FC against Montreal is a, is a, is a strange, always a strange match. You know, like uh, my brother's a boxing historian. That's his trade. He's a professor in the United States and he, he studies bo- the history of boxing. And, you know, in boxing, there's a, a very famous adage that styles make fights. So it doesn't matter who the two fighters are. It's a matter of how they fight and when they match up, anyone on any given day can really, you know, take the best fighter out, given if they're you know like a southpaw or whatever it may be. And Montreal and Toronto seem to be two diametrically opposed clubs and how they set up and how they want to play the game. And we see that every time they play, every match can be crazy in, in a variety of different ways. And that's kind of the beauty of, of the derby itself. I think Toronto FC wanted the points tonight, absolutely. They wanted to win this game. They want to get to 68 points, tie the Galaxy record. They also really wanted to, you know, have that have the celebration at home with their supporters and a lot of guys over the last couple weeks at training have been talking about a little bit of revenge. They were upset about the last Montreal game. It really did not sit well with them and they wanted the chance back at it. So all of that was at play. But the you know we saw tonight, the start, I think what you're gonna see is the starting 11 for this club. And Greg has been talking about this. The last two games are about not trying new things out. It's about actually building continuity. So getting Seba back in was an important part and seeing Seba with Victor, with Josie up top and how, how they're gonna play off each other. The ball did not move very well tonight. I talked to the guys in the dressing room afterwards. They all said BMO's pitch, which is normally pristine and immaculate, was really in some rough shape today. Yeah. Maybe it was the heavy rain just before. They all spoke about the wind being really difficult to deal with. And I just think it was it was just a, a really sort of ugly, bizarro world kind of game tonight. And not much you can take from it in that sense, but certainly going forward to Atlanta, it's a major game for Atlanta because Atlanta drew today with the Red Bulls, and that means now they're in a dangerous position, right? They sit at 54 points, two back of uh, New York City at 56 in the two seed. Chicago's at 55 right above them. Columbus yeah. is right, right below them at 53. 
and Columbus play against New York City next week. Yeah. So, I mean, there's still lots of movement there. So, I mean, Atlanta, when they face Toronto FC next week, they could find themselves leapfrogging up into the number two spot, getting the, the first round, securing that first round bye. Yeah. They could find themselves dropping to the number five spot and going on the road for the for the play-in game. So they're going to come ready to play. But Toronto FC, like Greg said tonight, they're going to field their strongest 11 next week. They will, Their focus is on not just getting to the next uh, level. It's not even about the points record at this point, although I, I'm sure they want that. They've talked about it a lot. It's about finding continuity. So that way, when it comes time to play that October 30th, 31st game, that first uh, leg of the Eastern Conference semifinals, that they are in form because right now as you saw tonight they're not they're not in form it's not there yeah so like i think that's i mean that's kind of what we're trying i think to figure out and trying to touch on with the recent run of results because it's you know with breaks in between seba coming back josie and bradley coming off that international break right like what a head spin that is for them and how we how this team and then of course you have the break and then you have your first round, and if everything goes great, you have another break. You know, I don't know if there's if there's been that kind of discussion of like, how do you keep this team, you know, in sync? How do you keep this team with that momentum when, at least on the schedule side of things, even in your starting roster side of things, it's continually been broken. I think they're a little bit fortunate in that, even though they're not playing the play-in game, you know, they'll play the 22nd in Atlanta, so I'll be there next week in that for that match against Atlanta, and then they're playing. You know, eight days later, nine days later, so the the gap is not that significant. And you have, so then you have the, you have the, yeah, the away and then the home the home match November fifth. Then you get the international break uh, before they come back again and play if they if they advanced in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that little break will be different. But you know, again, uh, you know, USA's loss is TFC's gain, right? Mm-hmm. Because during that international break, and although. Uh, Galati spoke of maybe putting uh, one or two exhibition matches in that little international break. Uh, for the for the most part, you're not going to have to worry about Bradley playing or Josie playing or Moro playing or Seba playing or even the Canadian guys being playing playing during that break. Nothing's been announced, so there's a chance really to keep everybody in house and really keep them focused in training towards the the ultimate goal. But these guys are different. I mean, I've covered this team for a while now. I've been around them inside the dressing room for for a couple of years and had a chance to see the, how they work and at practice. I mean, this particular group of, of, uh, of guys is extremely focused and they have been since the very first day of this season of, of, of just getting back to the MLS Cup and winning the MLS Cup. From, from day one, that's always been the talk. And I mean, the, when, when they lose points, I mean, there's no one more upset than they are. Like you, and, and I say that with, with, with real authenticity. I mean, like as a supporter, it bothers me when they lose. I'm sure it bothers you. And I know I listen to your podcast quite regularly, so I know how much it bothers <laughs> you guys. Uh, but I can tell you that when I talk to these guys too, like they are also upset every time they drop points. They, they want to win three points every time they go on the pitch. And it's not just something that they say. They, they believe it. And there's an intensity and a focus in this dressing room uh, that, or in this locker room that I haven't, I haven't seen before. Uh, certainly not in Toronto FC and certainly not in uh, sort of any of the sports that I've covered throughout the years. So, and do you think, do you think any, the, the, that last World Cup qualifying is going to affect any of the American guys? Uh, yes and no. Is that a motivator, yeah. do you think? Or do you think that's it's going to drag him for a little bit? You know, Josie said tonight, I mean, like, the last couple of days have been a couple of the darkest days of his career. And, I mean, that's saying a lot because, you know, like, Josie's had some moments, like, whether it be in Holland or whether it be in, uh, in, in, the, in, Premier, England. in, in the Premier League, you know, where, you know, uh, a lot of people took a lot of shots at him as a player and what he can do and what he can't do. I mean, if you look at just the social media response that he gets when he puts out a tweet or Michael puts out an Instagram post, I mean, there's a lot of really brutal shit coming out from people. I mean, there's some really ruthless stuff. But that's not what I mean, like, the darkest. I mean, th- th- they are... 
they are hurt by what happened to the American national team. And that doesn't go away. But they both also said today, like it's a little bit of home cooking, right? They come back to Toronto. They remember what it feels like to be loved. They remember what it feels like to sort of this project. This is the project where their heart is, where their focus is right now. And and they're just gonna they're gonna go all in for it. And in some ways, you know, the best way to play yourself through that disappointment is to get a get right back at it in a different way. I mean, like you, Josie scoring tonight, I think was massive. Getting yeah. that, getting yeah. that, getting that goal 16 minutes in, like really early on, and just again, okay, back to business, back to Toronto, back to here. This is the project. This is where I need to be and where I need to be focused. I mean, they're not going to forget, and I mean, it's going to be in their minds. But we could have said the same thing about last year. Like, look at the MLS Cup final last year. Not only does Justin Morrow miss a pen, Michael yeah. Bradley misses a pen, yeah. and I, and I mean, you could argue, you could, you could definitely make an argument that the two best players for Toronto FC this season have been Michael Bradley and Justin Morrow. Like sure. when I spoke to Morrow in January. I mean, I said to him, you know, how are you doing? And he was still in tears in January, thinking about it, about how much that pen hurt him to miss that pen. And yet, look look at what he's done this season. Look at how he's transformed himself as a player. So, I mean, that the disappointment doesn't go away, and it doesn't, I guess, made easier. You don't, like, forget about it. But, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe that's the motivation that... That, that 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 pushes you on to the to the next level but they're they're focused on the MLS Cup that's they they want they they've talked about it i mean they want to go down as the best team ever in MLS history and you know they're they're this close like i mean i'm holding up my fingers like an inch like they're, yeah. they're, they're this close they got 68 points so they're they're tied for the points record they can break 70 points by beating atlanta they won the voyagers cup they've won the supporters shield no team has ever won the treble before in MLS history so they can do that and they can do it at home and have the redemption of winning the MLS MLS Cup as well and when you sort of you know close it all off at the end of the season you win that MLS Cup you break 70 points I mean you win the treble it's hard to argue that this then isn't the greatest team in MLS history and, yep. and that's that's what they want that's what they want in the in, in the dressing room right now yeah and then so maybe what I'll what I'll ask ask you here is because you I mean you've obviously touched on a lot and you you have access to these guys so you you see their mentality firsthand and what we were kind of talking what we started off this podcast you know, we're, you know, we weren't confident with this result. And the question was, you know, are, how, much do we, how much are we concerned by this type of performance today? Yeah, they're not happy about it either. I mean, that's what Greg said. Greg said, you know, they're happy to, to celebrate with the supporters and pass the shield around and, and you know, and, and, and be a part of the celebration. He said, but nobody in that room feels like what they did tonight was good enough. And, yeah. I, and I think that their focus now is to go to Atlanta. And some people say, well, will they try in Atlanta? I mean, no, I think like, that, um, uh, Andre was saying, like Andre was kind of like, he, yeah. that was he was sort of looking. He's like, why, why, not, why not just whatever? I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no, no, no. That, I was kind of, like, they want to go to they want to go to Atlanta and they want to put they want to put down a marker. They want well, to yeah, you what know? you might play them again. Yeah. That was my argument, right? Like, why would you go in the last game of the season, go out on a loss, for yeah. example, and then go out against a loss against a team you might be playing again? Oh yeah, they 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 they, they want to set it right and they want to go and they want they, I think they want to put down a marker and just let it be known because that's going to be a game that's going to be watched by a lot of people. Seventy one thousand in stadium have been, yeah. have been sold for that stadium. This is gonna be the largest crowd in MLS history, and there are gonna be a lot of eyes watching. Like I said, Atlanta needs a result; they need a result, and uh, you know, there's no doubt that the, that the Toronto FC players are, are uh, a little bit unhappy with the result that they got. There. Ha- they, they got the three points. I mean, it's, it's almost like a you know, I would call this like a Manchester United win. Like it's an ugly win against an ugly team on an ugly night, and yeah. an ugly day. But I mean, like at the end of the day, three points or three points, you lock them up, and you go to next week, and then next week you come out to play better. And I think that that's the focus uh, of the club. Now, if they come out and lay an egg next week against Atlanta. Then we gotta ask some questions. We gotta say, wait a second, what's going on with this team? How are? I mean, you have to go back and look at this performance. You can you can isolate it now and say it's just a game in isolation. It was the weather. It was the break. We haven't seen the eleven together in a while. Guys coming back. You know, quick turnaround from Michael 
Joe and Josie. I can say all those things in isolation, and that all holds true if the next result is three points in Atlanta. Yeah. If they go to Atlanta and they still look just as you know uh, um, unorthodox or uncoordinated, and it's just not coming together the same way, then we then we can really ask some questions and say, well, you know, a, you know, the classic MLS has this team peaked too soon? Has the moment come mm-hmm. b- before the playoffs, and all of a sudden now they're going to face a uh, hot Columbus? And again, talk about teams and styles. Columbus is a team that always gives TFC trouble. Yep. Columbus right now, you know, they're the hottest team in the East. They are marching right now, and they and they look to be in form. And so much of MLS, especially come playoffs, is can you peak at the right time? Seattle last year, we just see it. New we England see, a yeah. couple years we ago, see, right? We see, like, we see it all the time, right? And you can have a great season. You can be the Red Bulls, for example, and you can win the Supporters Shield, and you can you can look great throughout the summer months. And that's one challenge. But can you uh, sustain that consistency of quality? over a, you know like an eight month period that's the challenge and it's yet to have been done by anybody in mls history because we've never seen a treble winner before right you gave me two points there see if i can remember them <laughs> through that okay so the, the 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 first okay the, i got to touch on where we finished and pulling that into like other clubs in the history and then the other one was of course just saying you know with atlanta um queuing up next week's game is of course you know you i always look for the story of the season especially when they're playing against familiar familiar teams. And, of course, Atlanta was the team that came. You know, I'm looking at Chris Mavinga. His first game was against Atlanta. Yeah, There's got, a story, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There's a story there where he got his ass handed to him twice, a couple times. Twice yeah. in the same game, yeah. You know, in, in a typical TFC supportive fashion, we wrote him off after his first game with the, with the club. And, of course, you know, Atlanta comes into our home stadium and gets a draw which is not a precedent you want to see, especially against a team you might be playing in the playoffs. Uh, and, that, you know, and an expansion team. A lot of things about that game were, you know, coming into this game, it's not just the, the current run of form we have, but I also think, like, it's like you got to set that game straight. you got to set that result straight. And then, sort of, like you said, put that marker down, send that message. Uh, going into the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Atlanta did the Atlanta's the only team this season who came to BMO in my opinion, you know. Uh, and I and I and I've been to pretty much every game that that came here and actually came to dance. Like, I mean, you can come and get a result. You mm-hmm. can like do Montreal, uh, Montreal has, or you can pull like uh, Sporting Kansas City did when they came and you can sort of park the bus and and hope for the best and and it, it, sometimes it works out if you're a strong defensive club like, you know, Sporting is this year. They're having, you know, Casey's having a great defensive season. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to come to, to BMO and to try and dance with 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 TFC is a different story. We saw them basically Toronto FC put back two two plus goals for several straight weeks. I mean, they cost Pizza Pizza millions of dollars. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a span there. They weren't <laughs> expecting that, eh? <laughs> well, they were, or, uh, I mean, Pizza Pizza took it in the shorts there for yeah. a while, right? So mm-hmm. and so most teams figured the best way to come here and to get a result is, is, to, is to sort of bet in, park the bus, wait for your chances, and just try and be clinical. Maybe get one chance a game, but Toronto FC gives up one or two good scoring chances a game, and we've seen both Bono and Irwin at times give away some really clear-cut opportunities that, that have been a little bit dangerous. And Atlanta is not afraid to dance, and so I expect... I expect fireworks in Atlanta next week. Their back line looks really soft over the last two weeks. They're a team that I think may have peaked too soon, unexperienced un, uh, in the MLS season and what that looks like. And we've seen that. You know, they've sort of burned out a little bit the last two weeks, kind of like TFC last season, where they had that big bulk of home games down the stretch. And coming into that, they were in full position, ready to make a push, and kind of everything just kind of falls apart a little bit. Mm-hmm. The question will be, can they can they reel it back in? But I mean, there's going to be fireworks, and it's going to be a game. I I probably I'm thinking five goals next week in that Atlanta. Damn. Game. Look at you. I, uh, I'm thinking, you know, 3-2, uh, you know, maybe... Uh, 
that I think that's probably the score line. I'm I'm hopeful that'll be three two for Toronto, but I, it could just as easily be three two in the other direction. Uh, I'll tell you, I know who's going to be looking for goals next week, and that will be Seba. I mean, Seba was angry tonight. I mean, he missed so many opportunities, and uh, you know he's 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 the type of guy, uh, at least from my experience with him over the last couple of years is the more he misses the the angrier he, he gets yeah you know? sure and uh, and he wants to score and i think that you know like um watching uh, Nikolic get like a hat trick today for Chicago and you know, put down 24 goals and sort of win the golden boot. I mean, Seb is so far back of that and we know that he's had his injuries, etc. But, you know, like he wants, uh, as any striker would in any player of his caliber, he wants the discussion to be about him. Yeah. yeah and, and right now it's not. And no one, no one's looking at him right now as the most dangerous striker in, in, in MLS. And, you know, the thing with him is we saw, we saw it last year against New York City. He's not afraid to go into big places and, and have big matches, but he, he's due for one. And, yeah. and I think next week is a, is a really good time for him to do that and again you don't want to question Seba because every time you do that he makes you look look foolish and look silly mm-hmm. but tonight he looked out of form he looked out of match shape yeah he really did his touch was really I thought was off a lot um but you know the the play that set up the pen was beautiful I mean he's breaking ankles down there in the box and but I mean to miss not just one but two I mean that's 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 just really unheard of bonkers so, eh? oh, I know it's crazy absolutely crazy he's not everyone's saying it's like just don't shoot left. Just don't shoot left for once. He did it once, I think, this season. He didn't shoot left. But you're like, are you really going to shoot left? First, the first shot, we're like, don't shoot left. And the second one, we're like, just don't do that again. Even if he, he saves it, as long as he put it on target. Oh. I think it's probably worth the discussion again, and I think they'll probably have it internally about letting Vasquez take the pens again. I mean, we've seen Josie take them. We've seen Vasquez take them. Um, we've seen Seba take them. And it's hard to take the ball out of the hands of like one of the most dynamic players out there, but pens is a, is a skill set. I mean, and that's a unique skill set, and uh, you don't have to be the best player on the team to take the pen. We don't have to have like a Neymar, uh, Cavani situation. Yeah. I mean, come the playoffs, but I mean, certainly if Vasquez was taking the pens, I think everyone would feel very comfortable with that, and he's shown that he can be clinical in that space. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was a discussion that happened. Yeah, and, and the keeper wouldn't know. He'd have to dive to his right, <laughs> right? I mean, let's let's be let's be a little bit honest. I mean, that's. I think almost any keeper is like, okay, there's a probably a ninety percent chance he's going to go for this. Far and keeper and keeper study this, right? They have full stats on all the other all, all the players on their team and what their tendencies are and where they're going to want to shoot, and they're and they're full they're fully aware of that. So I mean, Seb, Seb has to continue to, to diversify his game at that level. Um, but I mean, this year TFC between Josie and Seba have missed more pens than I than I can remember, and it's really, I mean, they're still. They're still having the best season ever. Look at all the goals that they've scored. Look at all the points that they've accumulated. But you know, there, there's still some there's still some areas that need to be worked out. I think going into the playoffs, that's one of them. Tactics is certainly another one. We saw. I asked Greg about this in the press conference today. I said, "You're up one nothing, 70 minutes in." At home, you're getting a result. You want the three points, but yet you take off a center back and put in a midfielder. That seems like a really unorthodox uh, su- substitution. Yeah, like yeah. why? Like why would you take something out of the back line? And he just said, you know, we were getting uh, choked out in the middle, and we didn't mm-hmm. have possession. And he said, I wanted to try and flip the game a little bit and try and score a second goal rather than sit and absorb pressure for the last 15 minutes. So we saw them go to four at the back, yeah. uh, and they've done that a little bit this season, but not as much. And I think that they're trying. We saw Vasquez play high in a striker role mm-hmm. for much of the last 20 minutes which is something a little bit different. I think they have some some new looks that they want to try and put out there because uh, they want to have the ability to uh, have variations or, or uh, wrinkles to what to what they do depending on who they play against. Because, uh, I mean, again, if, if you've been watching TFC, it's pretty clear what they do. It's pretty clear how you have to attack them or absorb their attack. And uh, But at the same time, if they can get things going, I mean, if Josie and... and 
and Victor and Seba are on form. I just don't think there's a team in MLS that, that can beat them, especially across two legs. In a one in a one one game match, MLS Cup final, anything can happen in yeah. 90 minutes. I mean, like uh, if uh, you get Ishmael as the referee, I mean, like any, anything <laughs> yeah. could actually happen, right? Yeah, like, I mean, right. but I mean, like all that aside, 90, but across two legs, I just I I can't see any team in the East beating them across two legs. Yeah. So I kind of want to just shift out of the game, the form, whatever, and and put the kind of put this put this down that, I mean, this was the last home game of the season, uh, of the regular season. This discussion of like, wow, what a regular season. We know where we finished in the table, but you know, as for people who've watched this team from day one, to have a year where almost every home game, you're feeling like you can get three points. Yeah. And we haven't, ha- even last year, we didn't always have that feeling. I mean, they, there was a point where you, you, saw, you started to see, okay, the precedent set we're beating teams. But before last season, you, def- you definitely weren't sure. If New England came to town, they could have come off with a 3-0 win. Same thing with D.C. Same thing with a bunch of other teams. Uh, and this year, this is sort of just me just saying, like, this is the end of the regular season at home. Mm-hmm. This is our last home game. And just looking back on what this season was for us, um, following this team from that first home game, uh, through and sort of what our thoughts are. I kind of wanted to maybe throw out there if there's any games that come to your head from this regular season at home that really stood apart and really sort of said to you, wow, we're having, we are having a special, a special season. Yeah, I mean, like City at home, uh, San Jose at home, like those were just games where, I mean, just the, the number of times we put them, we saw them, this team put up three goals, four goals. I mean, it, it's really just unheard of. And I think if, if you've been here for the for a long time, if you've sat in the stands and you've watched this team, and not just since Sebastian Javinko or Michael Bradley or Defoe or bloody big thing, but if you've actually been here, you know there was never a lead at BMO that ever felt safe. You could be up two goals in the 87th minute, and there was always that collective feeling within the stands that we're gonna find a way to fuck this up. Yeah, like it's gonna happen, and yeah. usually it did. Like, and it would be, you know, the I mean, we we would make a bonehead play, and then there'd be a corner, and then it would be in the net, and then it would be an injury time, and I mean, we just used to throw points away. And in the last six, five six minutes of games, I mean, the, the number of times I walked out of BMO as a supporter just with my head down, being like, why am why am I paying for this? Why am <laughs> I doing why am I doing this to myself again? Like a week after week, it's like no lead was ever safe, and yet this year the the, the feeling or mood was very different. It was like nobody coming in here is safe it was it was like when's the first goal going to come and then once the first goal came it was like that was one goal was never enough and i think that that's a philosophy like that greg venny never wants to win games one nothing mm. he, his foot is always on the gas so he's always making aggressive substitutions always trying to get the next goal always believing that the best way to defend the lead is to put one more in the back of the net that's been a re- and i think the the enjoyment has been able to be you know to really you know to to see three goals and four goals a game at home i mean that's just that's just unheard of in, yeah. in, in soccer. So to get those experiences and to continually see it happen and to see what is it like 15 different players score goals this season for, mm-hmm. for, for the club, to see it come from a variety of different places, uh, to see the, you know, Raheem Edwards this year has been just a, a great story that's kind of been lost the last half of the season because he hasn't had as many minutes, but there were a lot of great moments with Raheem in the first half of the season and just seeing, again, a local kid finding his way through the college system here, you know, non-OPDL, non-talented uh, you know, uh, pathway, homegrown stuff, and just making it all the way to the first team and making a difference. Like th- th- Those moments, I think, are really great moments that the people who've been here from the beginning can, can really appreciate. You know, there's some sour moments, I think, 
you know, uh, losing to Montreal, having Montreal break the perfect season at home so you don't, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. As, as the only loss, that that really sucked. And I think just as a low moment, as, as a neutral watching it as a low moment, although I'm not really a neutral, but as a neutral watching it for me, the lowest moment of it all was seeing like the BMO fans boo the TFC players at that Montreal game, mm. you know, as the game was coming undone. And I get it and I understand the passion and just like, that's not good enough. But I mean, like in perspective of where we are from where we've been, sure. I mean, like, I mean, like, uh, let's not be Philly. Like, you know, let's not, let's not go there. I mean, like we, we are, we are supporters, uh, city that has seen this team through thick and thin. And when it was never been good enough, we've told the team and we've held the team accountable and they've responded. But, but I mean, like the, the smallest dip in form doesn't mean we have to pretend that all of a sudden, you know, Vinter's the coach and, or Preki's the coach or like, we're not, we're not going back there. Like yeah. we, we've, we've moved on from there. And this season for me was really about like the, 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 the real break, like the, the real break from, from those years. Like, yeah. you know, Danny's a legitimate MLS uh, coach, like, a, a, and a good one. And the players we have are legitimate quality, top to bottom in this squad. And, and I mean, and we have homegrown talent and we have domestic talent and they're getting a chance to play. But in the most true and real fashion, they have to fight for their minutes and they don't just get them because they're Canadian. And I think the fact that they still get them, even though that they, that, 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 that is there, I think speaks to sort of the growth of the game here too. So there's a lot, there's a lot of things in there, I think, to be, to be, to be proud of. There's yeah. more, there's more to be, there's way more to be done. I mean, I mean, even with the perfect season, if this ends as a perfect season, we still want more and we should always want more and hope, ask our team for more. But I mean, uh, for me, it's it's a clean break. Like the early years, like years one to 10 or year one to 10. And it's almost fitting that it ended with us losing the MLS Cup yeah. in the most heartbreaking fashion, you know, against a team that never even got a stinking shot on net, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, like that's the separation. And now we can we can go forward and, and like the, the next chapter of, of the club's history is here and it's being written right now and it's electric and it's beautiful and the supporters and the players and the management i mean they're not all holding hands together certainly not i would never say that about the supporters of the management uh, but i would say that the players and the and, and the supporters and the and, and the passion that's in there right now it's very unique and it's rich and it's beautiful man it's beautiful yeah so i'll, I'll kind of like wind down on two quick points because i'll just throw my my sort of like whatever high points of this season I would have said Columbus 5-0 yeah. and then I would have said Chicago 3-1 and then and then the last the one that you said too was New York City FC and I say those three because those are our those are three main conference rivals Yeah. and I mean just again I think about precedence and when we ever have to meet them again to put that in the back of their minds like when you came to our our turf we slaughtered you like yeah. you didn't you didn't even have a hope and a prayer and it's so that I just like I, for me, like the mental game is what I think of those, and that's why I'm worried about Atlanta. Well, that's I, mean, I mean, like Columbus probably feels the same way. I mean, because we played them twice, and, and we lost them right before, we, so that we, was a great we, game to come we, back on. We lost to them, and the and the and the, the other game where we split points. I know they felt like they really totally got screwed in that game as well, too, right? So I mean, that uh, that that was, but that five nothing one against Columbus. I mean. I think I tweeted out at one point, like, go home, Columbus, you're drunk. Like, yeah. I mean, like it was a, it was a, a, a absolutely gong show of a game. The Chicago one, I think, was a, was an interesting, right? Because it was billed to be this big hype machine, you know, Schweinsteiger was here, and I mean, it was... And they great. were looking good at that point. Yeah, and it, same thing when we went to Chicago to play them, but then the, the, they just, they they looked disorganized uh, when we played against them, and so the Chicago... It was the 2014 TFC, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, that was kind of, I, that's... 
right? They were like, kind of look like that. The Chicago everybody else saw this season is not the Chicago TFC saw. And the two times we saw them, they looked very disorganized and very, um, they didn't look they didn't look like a team that really had a legitimate chance to compete for the Eastern Conference. But yet, if you look at where they are in the standings and whoever everyone else they played against, they looked great. Uh, and maybe it's a styles thing or a matchup thing. I mean, but I mean, I, I was not impressed with either Chicago uh, match, the home or, or the away one against them. And then you know, New York City, it's just great to beat New York City. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a great feeling. Yeah. So, Steve, I would, I would love to keep picking your brain, but I've got like two minutes left on my memory <laughs> card. So I, I want to properly outro this, of course, to, to tie up this podcast and not just have it abruptly cut off. Sure. So uh, the listeners, for, for you, you're all in sports talk, right? Yeah. All in, is that what it is? Yeah. All in, yeah. So you, I know, uh, if they don't know, I mean, you're kind of what I see as the guy that's getting all the interviews these days. Um, and it's like from Monday to Friday. Uh, if you want to know what's going on with the club in terms of like players, coaches, or whatever, and hear that 1v1, that's coming from you. Yeah, so yeah. where can they find you? So, yeah, I'm on, on Twitter at underscore S Gennaro, uh, allinsportstalk.com. It's a 24-7 uh, soccer talk radio station, completely online. You can download the app or just stream it live from there. Got all types of great soccer shows on there covering all of the, you know, not just North American, but global soccer. You can check that out. My show's TFC Talk. It's on iTunes under All In Sports Talk. Uh, it comes out every single week, and, you know, lots of coaches players I give you press conferences interviews stuff like that and I just try and ask the questions that I think supporters want what themselves would ask because I'm a supporter before I'm a journalist so just try to give that type of access uh, to everyone who's out there but you know I, I appreciate it and you know I'm looking I'm looking to bring all the independent non-mainstream media together and give us a voice somewhere where we can be heard and listened to so keep following all in sports talk because I think there's a there's a big project coming for Toronto FC with them and I and I'd like you know you guys Eastside stand up to be a part of that and I'd like anybody out there who's a Toronto FC supporter to be involved so you know give me a follow and, and just keep your eyes open great okay uh, and of course everyone knows knows where I am at Clark RNO or at Red Nation Online. Info or have your say at rednationonline.ca if you want to email in with any questions, comments, disagreements. Get lots of those. <laughs> and, uh, and so, of course, next weekend is going to be Atlanta. Uh, we'll be at the Football Factory watching that game. Uh, usually we'll round up some crew for that. And uh, we'll keep this short and wrap this up, guys. I think it's this is going to be a long podcast. So hopefully you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming out, Steve. Anytime, man. Anytime. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and we'll catch you guys next time. you to get involved reach out to us on twitter at red nation online or by email at info or have your say at rednationonline.ca get in touch with us let us know how you thought the team did agree disagree it doesn't matter also check out our other podcasts on red nation online from the black hole ours is the fury in our interview series thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next time